many miracles. A man that walked with God. A man that knew how to talk with God. Hallelujah. A man that when he asked God to shut up the heavens from rain, God listened and shut up the heavens and there was no rain for quite a, quite a bit of time. Hallelujah. There was a time in 1 Kings chapter 18 that we all know the story of Elijah calling down fire from heaven. Hallelujah. The battle of the gods, if you will. He told the people in 1 Kings, he told Ahab, he said, King, we've got to settle this issue once and for all. You say that Baal is God. But I'm telling you that the Almighty, Jehovah, is God. And he said, we've got to settle this once and for all. So he said, King, why don't you have your uh, priest meet me on the, on the top of the mountain. And we're going we're gonna to sacrifice to our God. And the first God, the God that answers with fire... He will be God. Hallelujah. We find in this whole uh, dialogue with, as, as he began in, in the beginning of 1 Kings chapter 18, you find Elijah talking to Obadiah saying, go find the king, tell him I'm here. Obadiah said, I'm scared for my life because last time I told him you were here, you left. He said, no, don't worry about it. I'll be here when, when, when you bring the king back. So he was encouraging Obadiah, look, don't worry about your life. I will be here when you come back. I need to talk to the king because we have issues that we have to fix. We have to decide who is God. We have to make this a solid statement from now and forevermore. And so we get on into the story about verse 20. And, and they meet up on top of the mountain and, and the prophets of Baal... A lot of you know the story. I'm cutting out, cutting to the chase here. But the prophets begin cutting themselves and crying out to Baal. And Baal never answered. And Elijah's sitting on the sidelines, mocking them. Did your God go on vacation? Where's Baal at? Does he not hear you every time you cry? So on and so forth. And finally he said, all right, that's enough. And he had his servants build an altar and bring water upon that altar. Lots and lots of water and, and, and just doused it to where if it were not humanly possible to light a fire upon that, that altar. There was no way. There was trenches dug around it that were full of water. But when Elisha prayed, God answered I said, when Elisha prayed, God answered. And God didn't just answer in just a little way. But when God answered, the fire consumed the, the burnt offering, it consumed the altar, and it consumed every bit of the water that was there. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, Elijah had a great victory in all this. He, after this, he went to pray and ask God for rain again and he told his servants to go up on the mountain and tell me what you see and his servants came back and said we don't see anything he said well go back and do it seven times 
They went back and did it seven times. And, and on the seventh time, they came back and said, Elijah, there's a cloud in the sky the size of a man's hand. And Elijah said, get down and tell King Ahab he better get home because he's about to get drenched. And so the servants told him, and then Elisha girded up his loins, and he beat King Ahab back. But after all this, finally getting to the point I want to make in, in 1 Kings chapter 19, when King Ahab gets back to his queen, Jezebel, and she finds out that Elijah killed all the prophets of Baal, she got angry. He killed her tradition. He killed her prophets. She's mad. And she told King Ahab, and I know I'm paraphrasing a lot tonight, but I'm just trying to get down to a point. In 1 Kings 19, she told King Ahab, she goes, I will not rest until I have done the same thing to Elijah as he has done to the prophets of Baal. And so guess what Elijah, Elijah does? He runs and he hides, just like I would do. If I found out somebody was after my life, I think I would find a place that I don't think they could find me, and I would stay there. But in 1 Kings chapter 19, the Lord sends an angel to Elijah. And, and, and provides food for Elijah. And I began thinking of this, I began thinking of this passage of scripture as, I, as they were singing, he's all right. He put food on my table. He took care of me when I had a problem come up. He's always there on time. And Elijah was running for his life. And he was hiding in a cave. And, he, and, and God sent him food to take care of him. But yet the whole time this is going on, Elijah's praying, God, I'm the only one that's left. There's nobody else but me, God. I'm stuck here all by myself. I can't, I can't do this anymore by myself, Lord. I need help. And so it, it tells us he moved on. He came to a cave and he lodged in it. In verse number 9, said the word of the Lord came to him and said, What you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah answered. Verse number 10 says, and this is the English Standard Version, I have been very jealous for the Lord, he says, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, God. Thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. He said, God, I'm the only one you have left. There's nobody else beside me, and they're coming after me to take my life. In verse 11, he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. The King James Version says it this way in verse 11. It says, and he said, go forth. Go forth. 
and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And it goes on to tell us of a few storms that came by. Said, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. And as Elijah looked, the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake came. But the Bible says the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. Just a few storms. He, just a few more things he had to, to endure. But God was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? You see, God heard what he had to say before. God, they killed all your prophets. God, they're after me. They're trying to kill me. And so he told Elijah, just go stand out on the mountain. Go forth. Get out of this place of hiding. Go forward. And a storm came, and God wasn't there. I can, I can imagine. He just shrugged his shoulders and said, you told me to come out here on the mountain, God, and you send a storm? And then an earthquake comes. And he's just shaking his head. God, where are you at? And the fire falls. And he still can't find God. But he waited just a little bit longer. I'm so glad he did because the still small voice came and asked him the same exact question. What are you doing here, Elijah? Hallelujah. What are you doing here? You see, after the storms, God let him know that he was not, he was not the only one left in Israel facing what he was facing. 1 Kings 19 and 18 says, Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel. Elijah, I still have 7,000 that have not bowed their knee or kissed the, the image of Baal in all of Israel. You're not alone, son. I'm telling you, you're not alone, son. I heard you cry the first time and the second time and every time you called to me. But it wasn't the truth. You were stuck in your cave of do nothing and you would not believe that there were more than just you out there fighting for the one true God. And it wasn't until Elijah got up and he went forward out of that cave. And he saw the storms come, but that he heard the still small voice. Hallelujah. The apostle Paul said, you know, I've lived a long life. Basically, I'm pressing, I'm pressing forward. I'm pressing forward. Philippians 3 and 14 says, I press. The apostle Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize that I have waiting for me on the other side of Jordan. 
I'll press it toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. But he didn't stop right there. He said, let us therefore, as many as be perfect, or if you will, be mature enough, be thus minded. You need to think just like I'm thinking is what he's saying. You've got to have the attitude. I don't care what comes my way. I don't care what storm, windstorm comes in my way. I don't care what earthquake comes my way. I don't care what the fire consumes. Hallelujah. But I will press toward the mark. I will step and I will go forward regardless of what the situation may be in my life. Hallelujah. You see, Paul was encouraging the church at Philippi. You have something inside of you that can press through the storm. You have something inside of you that it doesn't matter what you lose in life. You still have a prize. Oh, God, you still have a prize on the other side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. He didn't just encourage those at Philippi. He encouraged those at Corinth. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 17 and 18 said, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He didn't say your troubles and tribulation. He said, our light affliction. My mind goes back to Brother Burgess preaching, How Big Is Your God? When he talked about David as he walked out onto the battlefield and he saw Goliath, some nine foot tall, and he looked at him. But Brother Burgess, I remember he said, He didn't look at Goliath. He said, I can just imagine he's looking past Goliath at the God that just engulfed that giant in his greatness and his majesty and how big my God is. For our light affliction, it doesn't last very long. And it does us some good. Hallelujah. Verse 18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. They don't last a lifetime. They don't last eternity, should I say. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Are eternal. Your faith in God is eternal. It's not just for this lifetime. Your faith in what God can do and how big God is is not just for this lifetime, but it will last an eternity. Your salvation is not temporal. It is for an eternity. Hallelujah. Your problems and what you call your tribulations, let me tell you something, they're temporal. They will not last always. There will be a day that they come to an end, and you will see God in glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 1 says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, 
and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, child of God, sinner friend, you can have a promise that is not of this life, but it is an eternal promise that you have a house built in the heavens eternally. Praise God. Paul also told Timothy that he had gone all the way forward. That's what he told Timothy. Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. In today's language, boys, I've got it all done. I'm ready to go. I ain't got nothing to worry about. Regardless if it's storming outside, I've got nothing to worry about. I'm in the house of refuge. I've got a place in God that nobody knows. Hallelujah. I've got a place that I don't have to worry about anything anymore. I've fought a good fight down here. I've finished my course. Hallelujah. I began to look at I finished my course this evening and that before I came out here. And he began to, it just showed that he referenced a race. I finished my race. Hallelujah. I started and I finished. Hallelujah. Praise God. Henceforth, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Hallelujah. We have a promise, church. We have a promise that is beyond compare. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The devil would like to do his best to sidetrack us. And he would like to do his best to knock us off course. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. We've, we, we don't have to fear what, God, what, what goes on in our lives. We don't have to fear what comes up, whether it be just life in general happening or whether it be the enemy coming to attack us because of the promises that he knows we will be receiving. Hallelujah. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Romans 8 and 15 says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. We need not fear life itself because we have a promise. We have an eternal reward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when things get bad, we can cry out, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. 1 John 4 and 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. If we could stand this evening. Hallelujah. There is no fear in love. Hallelujah. And if life and situations have you puzzled, you need not fear. Because perfect love casts out fear. And the end of this verse says, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. But I'm here to tell you where you can find that love tonight. Hallelujah. 1 John 3 and 16 says, hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our life for our brethren. But it says, hereby perceive we the love of God. Who came down and robed himself in flesh and died a cruel death upon a cross so we could cast away fear. So we could cast away all the issues of life. That way we can lean upon him. (coughs) God has provided a way. And that is found in Acts chapter 2. People asked in verse 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said, this is how you find that love. You repent. You tell God you're sorry for your sins. And you turn away never to return to them again. And you baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39 says, For the promises to you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Verse 38. You put it back on the wall again. This is your answer. This is the answer to all of life's problems. No matter what you're going through, I've got the answer. It's right here. You come to an altar, you repent. You're baptized. And God will give you the gift of the Holy Ghost and take away the spirit of fear. For we are not given the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. We can play this evening. Hallelujah. These altars are open tonight. Hallelujah. Same goes for not only sinners, but but saints of God as well. Sometimes we may fall. We may face situations. I'm telling you, every time we go to God in prayer, he's there to listen. Just like Elijah, he was in his cave of torment. God was listening to every prayer. But he had to step out. He had to go forward out of that cave to listen to what God had to say. God went on from there to use Elijah, even in that chapter, to anoint two kings and to anoint Elisha, his forerunner, who went on to do great and mighty things. There's power in prayer. There's power in the spirit that dwells inside of each and every one of us. There's no sense 
and a child of God being scared of any situation or fearful of anything that's going on in your life because we were not given a spirit of fear hallelujah hallelujah can we find a place to pray tonight I love you Jesus I worship you tonight God I'm so thankful God for the peace, God, that you speak into our hearts. God, this, the, the promises that you have given to us, God, are beyond compare. And I'm so thankful.